What's up, everybody? Once again, it's the greatest time of your life, probably. I don't know. Welcome to the Cody Fitness Podcast. Ben, take it away. Due to your pauses, I can tell you're totally making this up as you go. Absolutely. Zero percent of this is thought out. <laughs> I appreciate your enthusiasm, though. Yeah, I'm always excited. So your life. Yeah, this is like the best day of my life. Somebody needs to get out more if that's the case. We are up to episode three, though, which I think is uh, something we can celebrate. Big Victor here, back in the uh, Cody Fitness Podcast Studio, sitting down with guys that are well-respected, guys that um, we love to follow, your friend, my friend, Mr. Chris Allen. How was that? That was great, man. Yeah, and, and Hunter's also here. So, um, so the thanks for that, Ben. That, the dude that <laughs> runs it. Yeah. Run of the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's Hunter. So, uh, so we're excited to sit down and have another conversation related to not only CrossFit, but fitness in general. Kind of cracking the code on some stuff, maybe building out our knowledge, our information base to help life go better. Uh, rolling back to some things we've already discussed, just to say that uh, an, uh, an approach to uh fitness and approach to life it's just a well-rounded thing so it isn't just about the gym it's about what the gym can do for your for your entire life today we're going to dive into a topic that i think is probably the most uh, misunderstood part of crossfit the genre of fitness crossfit we're going to get these two guys to really uh, go back and forth in their conversation about it i'm eager to hear it so the topic for today is programming correct chris that's right so, uh, yeah, I'm glad I got the confirmation. Let me jump back in here and say some other stuff. Uh, no, so we're going to talk about programming. Basically, um, from a larger perspective, how CrossFit views programming, but not only that, uh, our particular box, Cody, how we try to go about programming to make sure that we are producing the type of athletes that uh, CrossFit should be producing, also giving people uh, a, an ability to step up and how they're approaching their life. So there's a lot of actually science and thought that goes behind this that people don't understand. So we're going to decode a little bit of that today. What I'd like to hear maybe is kind of the process that you go through or these elements that are involved with the way that you build the programming, not just for a day, which I'm sure we're going to discuss that too. But as you're looking at all of the programming combined, because most people don't just work out for one day, we understand that uh, they work out over time. So just walk us through maybe kind of how you get started or as you're approaching your job programming a CrossFit gym, how does that go? Well, before I dive into that, since uh, we were on, the, since you are bringing up the subject of developing athletes, I want to congratulate Chase for finishing on ramp oh, and thanks, man. getting started in the class, and also congratulate him on his immaculate digestive evacuation during the <laughs> row intervals yesterday. It was easily the one of the top three I've seen at the gym. For yeah. sure. Digestive evacuation. Not, <laughs> not sure. Don't try to church, church it up. It up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't yeah. He blew chunks. He blew Greek chunks yesterday. Listen, listen if you're going to learn anything from CrossFit, is that you don't eat Greek food six minutes before you start rowing your mind away. No, no. These are facts. That's a lot of salt. Six yeah. minutes yeah. before you sit down on a rower with the infamous Ben Derrick. That's the last part of that <laughs> statement. Yeah. Mm. So, what I hear is Chris saying, I think he's throwing up. And then I turned around and I saw, like, it was so awesome. I I saw the heave. I saw. I saw it hit the parking lot. Oh, then imagine got, if he took Old Faithful and turned it upside down. That was exactly <laughs> it. You know. So when you have to rinse off the parking lot after a CrossFit workout, <laughs> I consider that a success. So yeah, man. I, I celebrate you as well, Chase Hammock. Yeah, it was the most I've ever thrown up in my life. It's amazing, <laughs> amazing. So programming to, to vomit. That's your. Uh, Strategy one. Yes, goal number one is always how can I make as many people vomit as possible. <laughs> but uh, no, if you uh, so uh, CrossFit, if you look at it from uh, from uh, ten thousand feet, their their idea of programming is just a very simple statement: constantly varied functional movement at high intensities. Is that what CrossFit stands for? That's basically the definition. Oh, okay. Yeah, pretty much. All right, and, I feel like you definitely that's something that you've been immersed in for a long time, but. Uh, I feel like you definitely need to break that down or slow that down or say it again. So the the first part of it is what? Constantly varied. Constantly varied. Okay, so that means that I can't just go to the gym and jump on the treadmill for 30 minutes, four days a week, and achieve goals. CrossFit's combating that right from the jump. Exactly. Show me, uh, basically show me what you're doing all the time, and I'll show you where you need improvement. That's basically the, uh, the general idea is that uh, you have all of the different um, – uh, different, all these different measurements of fitness, uh, strength, power, speed, endurance, stamina, agility, accuracy, um, flexibility, 
all these kinds of things. And if uh, you if you load up all of your chips into one of those categories, you sacrifice everything else. The analogy I like to use a lot is the uh, the powerlifter and the marathon runner. Uh, powerlifter, uh, they obviously very very strong. They uh, they're very fit in terms of their uh, their strength and their power, but they lack in uh, lack in the in areas like uh, mobility speed, stamina, endurance, and then you look on the opposite end of the spectrum and you have uh, you have somebody who an, a uh, marathon runner, outstanding cardiovascular endurance, out, outstanding stamina, lacking speed, lacking power, maybe coordination to an extent. And um, that's generally where most people come in is either on one end of the spectrum or the other. And uh, so you have to find a way with your programming to be varied enough to be able to fill those gaps for people so that if, if somebody comes in and they make 30 uh, and they make 30 classes, uh, those 30 classes should have hit a wide variety of uh, movements, planes of movements, energy systems and intensity. So I think it's something that people understand about CrossFit. Basically, you never you never know what you're going to be asked to do. Uh, to expect the unexpected but it isn't as though you guys are just kind of throwing something together on a post-it note before people walk in no uh constantly varied doesn't mean random at least that's not how that's not how i program i i have certain uh i have certain check marks that i uh, that i try to meet um before i just start throwing things uh throwing things on paper i have i mean i know I know uh, the, what the large majority of the people in our gym need, so I try to make sure that I'm uh, that I'm hitting that as much as possible. How far out do you start programming? Like, is, do you do it like a week at a time or what? Yeah. So the way that uh, the way that I'll do it is I have um, I like to program in cycles that'll go anywhere from six, maybe ten weeks, and I'll have you know I'll say okay, this cycle I want to focus on these particular things. Okay, so I'll say like okay. Each week, I want to make sure that I hit this, this, and this. But in terms of the actual getting, uh, getting rep schemes and all of that down, and figuring out like exactly how we're going to attack it, I program one week out. I've tried doing two weeks out. I've tried doing three weeks out, and it, and things always just end up end up changing because you know I may have a plan to do this workout on this day, and it may. Uh, um, it may not get the exact stimulus that I want. I may overdo it. I may underdo it. So I may have to make adjustments as I go. But I do have a plan in terms of what uh, what I want to hit throughout the week and throughout the cycle. I think it's important to reference here, too. I'm just, from a client's perspective, incredibly grateful that I don't have to think about any of this crap. I just have to show up. That's, and that's difficult enough for me on some days. I just have to show up. And this is an undersold part of, of CrossFit, I believe. All I have to do is show up and do the work. I don't have to do a lot of the thinking. I don't have to do a lot of the research. And a lot of that's going to be outside the purview of the, the average person, male or female, walking into a CrossFit box. They're not going to spend consume their time like the two of you guys do studying uh, movement and what varied means and the energy systems and that stuff just is just going to be beyond us right let's talk about what the average person looks like when they come to the gym in the first place you know first off you got pretty much two different types of people you got the type of people who have been going to a, a globo type gym for 10 15 20 years monday's back and buys tuesday's chest and tries thursday's abs repeat they might throw a leg day in there once a month or something like that. But if, if the leg day is calf raises, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they've been doing the same thing for for a long time, you know. Like specialized, like Chris was talking about earlier, not necessarily pow- like powerlifting style, but bodybuilding type stuff. Um, and you know, maybe it worked for them when they first started lifting when they were junior high, high school, college, after college, or whatever. But eventually, it's it you know you're going to plateau and you're not going to be able to get around that. So you got to look at that. That's one side of the coin, and that's that's where I think I came from. I came from that background when I started. Uh, I've been doing you know just bodybuilding type stuff for 10, 15 years, and not really changing it up a whole lot. Um, and I think we have a lot of people like that. And then the other people are coming in with very little to none 
working out background. Maybe they've done a boot camp before. Maybe they've done a spam class. Maybe they've done, you know, gone for a run or something like that. But they don't have a whole lot of history. So there, you got one that's very good at specializing. They've been picking their own workouts out for a while, but they've been doing the same thing. And the other one doesn't. They haven't been doing a whole lot. So neither one of them really has a very good knowledge base on the broad range of fitness that that Chris is talking about. The ten general general skills that we're trying to develop in CrossFit. So I think that, um, you know, you hear this all the time. I got tired of doing the same thing or I don't really know what I should be doing. You know, they know one thing. They don't know everything else. That's one of the beauties about, like you said, is you don't have to think about anything. You just show up and everything else is taken care of. You, you know, Chris has the whole thing laid out from the moment you walk in, the moment that class starts to the moment you leave, you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is follow, follow what he's planned out. So, and it's all, all 10 skills are built in there throughout the week and throughout the, the, the cycle. Um, you know, everything is geared towards making you better at general physical preparedness or better at everything, not just specialized on one thing. That's one of the huge advantages I think that people latch on to is that it, it, it immediately you can understand with all of these different things that I'm doing, I can apply that to my life outside of uh, outside of this. We're going to continue to talk about this because I think most people are trapped in this idea that the benefits of the gym are just for the gym. But when you put me in a scenario where I'm disoriented and I get things figured out, I mean, that's something that's going to, to yeah. apply in all the other areas of your life. Right. And, and that kind of leads us to that, that uh, next part of the definition that we were talking about, the constant level, very functional movement, high intensities, the functional movements, uh, the movements that we are going, that we're going to do for the most part are functional to life. You know, in life, you're going to you're going to squat, you're going to sit and stand, you're going to push things, you're going to pull things, uh, you're going to bend over and pick things up, pick things up off the ground. So the movements that we do are meant to try to uh, develop uh, develop those movements and strengthen them, get you to where you can you can do them heavy, you can do them uh, you can do them long and slow, you can do them short and fast, and uh, uh, you can do them through different planes of movement. You can do Halt. You can do carries front to back, side to side. You can move things up and down, and uh, so with my with my programming, I try to make sure that I'm uh, that I'm balanced with those uh, with those different movements. That we are we are getting some kind of squat uh, squat hinge push pull, and uh, we're moving through various planes. We're going to carry something uh, forwards, pull something backwards, and. Uh, and different uh, different things like that. The other thing about functional movement is that you can uh, it's measurable. It's uh, you can measure power output with them. So uh, if I, if I take uh, if I take your body weight and have you and have you run a hundred meters as fast as you can, I can take your I can take your mass multiply it by the distance divided by the time, and I can get your power output with that equation. It's measurable. And it's repeatable, and uh, so we can we can gauge progress through that. So, you weigh 180 pounds. You run a you run 100 meters and whatever. We train. We come back. We do it the next time. You ha- and you go faster. You weigh the same. You have improved your power output. That so uh, that's the uh, the big thing with the functional movements being measurable. If you do other you do other things. Uh, different, um, and I kind of touched on this on one of the previous podcasts. But you do other things like, uh, you know, boot camps and other spin classes and stuff like that, or whatever it is. You know, they have great benefits, but how can you really measure progress through those? I think the great thing about functional movements too is that it transfers over into life, mm-hmm. and those are some of my favorite stories that we hear from clients is ways that CrossFit has helped them outside of the gym. Um, like we'll get people, they come back from a skiing trip and they're like, man, I was able to ski all day. I didn't get tired. My, everybody in my group, they kept getting tired. They kept having to take breaks. I didn't have to take breaks. It was the first time that's ever happened to me. They've been skiing for, you know, 20, 30 years. And, and they're talking about how, how this was the most fun they've ever had on a ski trip because they were able to keep going the whole time. We've had people who are just like, man, I went to Disney world and I was able to walk all day without stopping. Last year we went to Disney world. I had to stop like every 30 minutes and sit down and take a break. And the people we were with, they kept wanting to stop. And I was like, why do you want to stop? Let's keep on going. You know, um, two of my favorite stories that I've heard. The first one is a guy, he went on a gator hunt 
So p- p- people from gotta be a great story. <laughs> so, it starts that way. So people you know from Mississippi, uh, people that are from Mississippi knows that there's always a, a time when you can go gator hunting around here, and uh, you know it was early in the morning one night and they had a gator and they 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 caught it and they had it right up next to the to the boat. And apparently he just got caught up at the moment and he reached down and grabbed it with one hand and pulled it into the boat. And all his buddies just like were sh- staring at him in, in shock. And they're like, what did you just do? And he's like, I, I got it in the boat. And they're like, man, I guess that CrossFit's really paying off for you. But he didn't even realize that 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 was uh, that he had you know made so much progress. Same guy, you know, they talked about... You know, we got a lot of hunters in the gym. They talk about, hey, I can I could carry my stand through the woods without stopping, or I, I killed this deer, I was able to carry it out. You know, all that type of stuff, they don't really notice it when they're going, you know, to the gym every day, just going and get, they think they're just going to get a workout, trying to lose weight, really. But what they're doing is they're improving their quality of life. They're, they're improving what they can do outside of the gym. But my favorite story of all is a woman we have. Uh, she's she's an older lady, and when she joined the gym, she was very very weak. Uh, couldn't even you know step up on a on a high box or anything. But her goal was to be able to pick up her dog, and I, I, it's a big dog, like eighty ninety pounds, something like that. And she's been coming for a year year and a half. And she came in one day and she said, "I was able to pick up my dog." And that was just, man, that was so cool because she had been working towards that one goal this whole time, just busting her butt, showing up every single week. And she was finally able to pick up her dog, which is something that is very, you know, applicable to her life. She loves her dog. She wanted to be able to pick it up. And so I said, that's great. All right, now we're going to be able to put your dog over your head, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, just stuff like that. That's what it's about. You know, we're trying to improve the quality of life, and that's what the functional movement is about. If you're just going in, you're doing bench press one day, you're doing, you know, curls, you're doing, um, you know, shoulder raises, you're doing crossovers, you're doing calf raises, that, you know, walking on the treadmill or Stairmaster or whatever, that's not improving your ability to go skiing. That's not that's gonna not going to help you when you're hunting. That's not going to help you uh, pick your dog up, all that type of stuff. This is addressing a question I've actually had for a long time because, admittedly, both of you guys are pretty elite-level CrossFitters. There's not a lot of people uh, – I know you would argue with that definition. I pretend. But from, from my perspective, you know, if, if uh, we do a workout together and it takes me nearly triple the time, I'm going to call you an elite-level CrossFitter. But <laughs> well, I've, what I've wondered over time is how you guys stay engaged because you are at definitely at a different level than the people that you're programming for. And uh, what I like about what I'm hearing from from my point of view is that you guys are you're as f- for me as you are for you. And I think that's a unique part uh, about the CrossFit community. We've discussed this a little bit before, but even at your level, you guys are really pushing yourself and fine-tuning the machine and trying to make sure that you're getting better at these increments. But a person coming in, trying to pick up their dog, trying to be able to go on a Disney vacation with their family. These things are important to you, uh, which it's, it's really challenging to me to be able to care for other people that way. And I, I see that kind of playing out. I've always wondered how you guys stay in the game, especially when you have people that you know could do more, but don't. You keep programming for them. That's, uh, that's actually a really good segue into the last, uh, the last part of that definition, the, uh, the high intensities part. Um, my, uh, my high intensity in certain workouts will not be, will not be yours. Yours won't be chases. And, uh, with, uh, when it comes to, when it comes to programming and, uh, intensity, every, uh, every workout, um, uh, has a, has a purpose. We have a certain, a certain adaptation that we are trying to hit and we have a certain stimulus that we want everybody to get. And the beautiful thing about CrossFit is that you can, uh, uh, your uh, your mom can work out next to a regional uh, CrossFit competitor, and at the end of the workout, you're both going to be in the same spot, regardless of where you finish. You're going to be on the floor. You're going to be breathing heavy. You're going to be hurting. But uh, to kind of get um, get to your uh, to your question, the the thing that kind of keeps uh, keeps driving us one is uh, that we uh, we train together. We have I mean even though that uh, even though we don't necessarily train in the classes. We still train as a group, so we still have that uh, have that camaraderie and that uh, that natural community amongst each other that uh, that allows us to keep on uh, keep on pushing. Because there's uh, there's some workouts where uh, 
where Hunter's going to be going to be leading the charge, and he and everybody's going to be chasing him. And there's some uh, there's some workouts where uh, where I might have the upper hand. Some workouts where we're all going to be chasing Meredith. That's turning into a lot more these days. <laughs> but uh, so um, there's there's just so there's so much variance in CrossFit that you've you've never you haven't really arrived at any point, and that's what keeps uh, what I think gives it a lot of staying power and what keeps people engaged is that no matter what level you get to, there's always something that you can keep improving on. I want to speak to Ben's question a little bit more too. Um, it's hard. Um, when, when we first opened up at the gym, it was, it was tough for me to invest a lot of time and energy and mental energy into trying to get these people better and realizing that you want them to get better than they want to better themselves. If that, if that makes sense, you know, you see the potential, you know, what CrossFit can do, you know, what will happen if they come in consistently, but they're not willing to do it. And it just, and they come in and they're saying, I want to do this. I want to do that. But their actions aren't demonstrating that. And you want it so bad for them. So it, it was really hard for me to kind of separate myself from that. And then if somebody leaves or somebody quits, man, I put six months of, of time and energy into this person and they just quit. And it's hard not to take it personal. It really, it really was. And, and, and that's something I've been working on and I'm working, working, getting better at of, of, you know, Hey, it's not, not everybody's going to be able to do it. Not everybody's going to put the effort in, but it just makes the times that they do get the results that much sweeter. If that makes sense. That's why when, when we have a client come in and say, Hey, I can lift my dog up. It's awesome. It makes me so excited because that that paid off. They were willing to put the work in, and that's the thing about it. Like it's hard. CrossFit's hard. Uh, nobody's going to tell you it's not hard. Anybody can do it, but not, it's not for everyone because it's you have to be committed to it. You have to put a lot of time and energy into it. Some days you there's a lot of days you don't want to show up. Um, you get in the middle of the workout, and you want to quit, you want to slow down. But if you're willing to put the time in day in and day out, you will get the results. Period. But, you know, Chris and I have talked about this a lot. It's like, man, we've got we've had people come in two or three years and all of a sudden they just quit or they go to somewhere else. And it's like, man, it's it, it's really hard not to take that personal because every you feel like if you coach a class or you're you're talking to somebody, you feel like you're giving them a piece of yourself every single day. And, and Chris and I joke about this all the time. We're more like uh, more like therapists than coaches you know people come in and maybe just bartenders yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah bartenders same yeah, difference whatever yeah. you know people come in and they unload they unload on you they've had a bad day and they just unload and you it, it takes a lot of emotional energy to to sit there and listen and and empathize with somebody and as they tell you what's been going on in their day and some people are really open and they'll share a lot of things with you um so it's hard not to take it personal but at the end of the day all we can do is is do our best, put it out there. It's going to pay off for some people. Some people it won't, you know. But, you know, we will celebrate so much for somebody who achieves a goal that they've been working towards. I think it also helps, too, from just going back to what you're pointing out, is that you're not the only people in the CrossFit box celebrating those victories uh, for people. You guys are like the brains behind the operation, but an entire class is, this gets back to the community piece, an entire class is going to celebrate. And what I've found is that an entire class is going to hold me accountable uh, if they see that I'm backing off. And, and I think we should point out kind of from a larger perspective, this is not something you're going to get at a 24-hour fitness place where you walk in. The machines aren't going to provide this for you. Uh, the people that you never know who you're going to be there with. This is It's so much bigger than even just the programming, but the way the programming feeds into the community That's idea, right. this last part of, of high intensity, well, who's going to determine whether we're at a high intensity or not if we're just walking in and checking off the box that we got a good calorie burn, which is what happens at most places. You guys are going to be able to hold me accountable for my intensity level even i think down to that fine tune especially in some of the exercises that th the way that you guys know the athletes the way that you know your client base if you tell someone to be at 80 percent because of the energy system that you're trying to get to then you're going to know if that person did that or did not do that yeah. and you're willing to have a conversation with them about it yeah and uh i think this is a good time to uh for me to touch on uh, when Hunter was talking about, you know, people being in it for a while and then they leave and we don't see them again. One thing that I've been really trying to do for the last couple of years is, um, 
really be very be very detailed in how I explain what energy system and what kind of intensity the, the workouts need to be attacked at because when uh, when CrossFit first started going you saw the kind of the you saw the same thing a lot people coming in and going hard in the paint every single day without really taking the time to develop their movement and to develop their skills so I mean, they're coming in, they're working really, really hard for sure. Their intensity's through the roof, but their mechanics and their consistency is a little off. And when that, when those kind of things happen, you just put even more stress on the body and you either get burned out or you get hurt. And when you get hurt or burned out, you leave. So when, uh, when I tell people in the class, like, okay, we're going to do this workout and I want this at a absolute aerobic pace. For so let's say I want this absolutely to stay aerobic. That means at no point in the workout should you have to uh, have to stop and bend over and you know just be grasping for your last breath. When you get done with the workout, you should be breathing heavy, but you should be able to stand on your two feet and still move around. Okay, and there's some days where I'm like, we are. This is skill based this is a skill based day i want you to move quick but i want you to dedicate yourself to absolutely perfect movement and then we have some days out of the week where i'm like okay there's no holding back everything you've been working on we're putting it to play here and i want you going as hard as you possibly can balls to the wall that's my phrase oh sorry (laughs) copyrighted also copyrighted making a lot of money off of these so there's just a lot there's a lot that goes into it there's a lot behind it and uh one thing i do want to bring up and i think uh, hunter you could speak a lot to this is that uh the way that you train depends on the season of crossfit so there are different times that you focus on different things which that brings in that that vary piece it's not just that we're going to vary the movements but we're going to focus on particular things depending on what time of year it is yeah i think um that will probably go more in line with uh the competition uh type stuff which i think we're going to talk about in another episode if we're if we're talking about class general physical preparedness yeah we want to cycle we want to do cycles we want to work on different things at different times and we do kind of we do kind of build it around uh, the open somewhat, but it's not geared to perform better in the open. It's geared to make you uh, fitter, uh, you know, at everything, just make, make you healthier, have you better quality of life. So, you know, you know, like Chris said, you want to do different things at different times, and we will, you know, change the cycles up and stuff. But we're not, you know, focusing specifically on trying to improve for one uh, general, you know, competition or whatever. Yeah, so I think wrapping up this part of the conversation today, it really comes down to the programming at Coyote CrossFit is to increase the quality of living, the quality of life. Definitely. And uh, all, there, are, there are tons of other benefits that we could discuss, but I do believe from what you guys have said today, that would probably be the number one thing that you're driving after, no matter body composition, no matter age, no matter athletic background, you are out to creating an environment that helps people enjoy a better quality of life. Not only are you out for that, but we have seen, because we have a couple of year track record on this inside of of this business, inside of this box, that it's actually happening. When people take that step, and and even uh, from the average athlete's point of view, even if they are just giving 60% to the process, they're still getting a really high return on that 60%. And I would like to to close out the the conversation with this if i could say just one thing to to our clients and anybody listening who might just be starting crossfit or is thinking about starting crossfit dedicate yourself to uh to learning the mechanics of the movement and then being consistent with those uh, with those mechanics i mean i still i've been i've been doing this uh for seven years now and i still you know you'll see me um in between classes, sitting in a squat, making sure that I'm sitting upright with a PV. I'm still doing snatches with PVC pipes, working on uh, working on my catch and all that kind of stuff. Really, if you if you want to if you want to be on the fast track to making this effective for longevity, then you need to focus on that and you need to slow cook this thing. Don't just come in and try to just go go ham right off the bat. Mechanics, consistency, intensity. That's the formula, and we talk about that in on-ramp. Chase can tell that. We talked about that. We go over the stuff over and over. I mean, I heard a story. Rich Froning, he had won the games like three times, and somebody went to work out with him, and his warm-up, he was just doing 
slow air squats, working on his squat technique. This guy won the games three years in a row, and he's over there working on his, his squat. So always working on the mechanics. Then once you can do it consistently, only then do you, add, do you increase intensity. So add the weight, go faster, whatever. But if you are just going in and your first day you're just going all out, and the next day you're coming in, you're going all out, you're not doing it right. You're going to get hurt. You're going to plateau at some point. You have to build in the mechanics and the consistency first before you can do all that. No doubt. I mean, you look at guys, you see if they, they've got some mobility issues in their ankles and they don't have a good front rack, then a 95-pound thruster feels like a 225-pound thruster. And exactly. Yeah, you, people run into that buzzsaw a lot. So I've, I've loved the conversation so far, but I'd like to maybe make a turn and uh, talk about uh, well, just get in some more arguments because it seems like that's what we do well related to, <laughs> to, to, to pop culture. So one thing that uh, Hunter has thrown out to us, this interesting question of three fictional characters that uh, impacted us, influenced us growing up, which uh, this was an incredibly difficult conversation to try to wrap my mind around. And I'm extremely eager to hear everyone's answer. So we got the top three, right? Yeah, top three. Top three. So we're going to go are around. We, with, are I, we going to do the one at a time round table? Yeah, like I think we, did we last start time? with three. Usual, and, usual order. Yeah, and I'm, I will make a promise to every man in this studio right now that I'm not going to mention The Matrix this week. Okay? <laughs> so, hey, I want to go back and, and throw Mayer. something out there because I've caught a lot of flack on, on these movies from, from the podcast. Yeah, yeah, me too, Ben. Uh, we The original... The original uh, thing was top five uh, kids slash teen movies from the 90s. So we let Chris and I left out some of our top five movies of all time. And they're like, you picked all kids movies. You picked all kids movies. We're like that was the original thing and Ben changed on the fly for us. So I just want to throw that out there. We will do another one where we do, you know, top five movies ever. And then that will have some of those other yeah. movies. Yeah. That was just Ben being self-conscious about his age. Because yeah, he wasn't so. watching teen movies <laughs> in the 90s. So in order to clean up your reputation, you've destroyed mine. Yes. That's how this ba- works Basically, here? that's how yeah. it works. Isn't it? <laughs> okay. Yeah, all right, I'm okay with that. Well, this top three list is not, my top three is not going to help I'm any. I'm all about climbing over the top of people. Exactly, yeah. any of my <laughs> reputation. So let's start with three. We'll just go around. We'll start with Hunter. The, the Number three, the person that influenced you, but not as much as numbers two and one. Okay, so this, my, my uh, number three is going to be a little bit different because uh, here he when, goes. When, when I was a kid, I read a lot. I love to read. Nerd. My, <laughs> one of my favorite. One of my favorite series was the Goosebump series uh, mm. books. I don't know if you guys have ever Those read. Are that. Still around. Oh, yeah. Garbage movies, but yeah. great books. I read. Yeah. I had every single Goosebumps book, and I had them lined up on my in my middle shelf of my bookshelf, lined up in order. Number what was one, your favorite two, one? three. I'm going to get into that in a second. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey. So, Easy so trigger. My my number three fictional character is R.L. Stein because that was a fictional name. That wasn't his real name. That's okay. the whole reason he wanted. He wanted to drop that knowledge bomb. Uh, no, no. It wasn't his real name, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. So it was basically a fictional character writing these things. But I, I, I wrote down some of my favorite ones. Uh, they had the Monster Blood series, like Monster Blood 1, 2, and 3. Uh, they had Night in Terror Tower. That was a really good one. Attack of the Mutant. And that was also a video game that I played online, uh, Attack of the Mutant. But I think my favorite <laughs> ones were the Choose Your Own Adventure ones. Mm. I don't know if you guys ever read those where you would go and you pick your adventure and then you know try to try to get out of it. But my favorite one was uh, One Day in Horrorland where you have to get out of a... Uh, yeah, yeah. Remember you, you remember mm-hmm. that one? It was like a theme park and they were trapped and they had to figure, you had to figure your way out. So Goosebumps, R.L. Stein, he's my number three. Um, he really... You know, I fell in love with the reading, um, probably a lot because of Goosebumps. So, geek answer number one. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right. You respect that. Man, he's got big muscles and big brains. Who knew? Yeah. All right. So, Chase, number three. <laughs> All right. So, my number three is a drastically different answer than R.L. Stein. Uh, mine was James Bond. I watched a lot of James Bond growing up. And it wasn't until I was like 10. So Which Bond? It was Pierce Brosnan, so that was the one I knew. But, but the that thing, was, he was that he was, was the a, one that I started watching. Yeah, yeah. I think he's the worst Bond, but I don't think he, he is. I mean, yeah, like I, I, you know, I tried getting into this some of the the Sean Connery ones, and it, you know, it, it's just tough. It's tough yeah. trying to go back and watch spy movies. Yeah, all the when, people that say Pierce Brosnan, besides Ben, that's is the bad one, are like sixty five or older. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just because it's not nostalgic. Uh, Goldeneye, that was a that was a great that's movie. A fantastic yeah, Goldeneye movie. was good. Yeah. 
So the and it wasn't for like the women and all that, although there were plenty of good looking women in it, obviously. It was just like he didn't care. He was just a bad A all the time, hundred percent of the time. I could respect that. That's totally your personality Absolutely. too. <laughs> yeah. I see throw the influence. It is obviously carried over. I mean, hey, immediately after I threw up, I went back and worked out. Yeah, well, you like did. I went home. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Split jerk. Yeah. Vomit and then split jerk. Yeah. That's what Bond would do. It's amazing what throwing up will do, man. It's just yeah. like a whole second energy boost. Uh all right. I'm uh <laughs> I'm very hesitant to go uh, to to say this answer number three here. My number three is Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers, you guys watch Mr. Rogers? I did, yeah. I mean, and I think I'm gonna, especially if you know who Mr. Rogers actually was in real life, very inspiring. Yeah, I mean, That's I'm true. I'm going to admit that Mr. Rogers is like a good friend of mine. You know, yeah. I mean, just <laughs> yeah. he's changing his sweater, he's changing his shoes. You're like, this is gonna be a great afternoon. You know, I got a snack, I got all my friends, they're puppets and trains. <laughs> this is amazing. Have you I heard would this? love to be your neighbor, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Have you heard the story of when his car got stolen? Two, uh, two no, guys, two no, guys stole we, we his never, car in L.A. and it was gone for like a day and they returned it back to the same spot and said we never would have stole it if we knew it was yours. Are you serious? Yeah, <laughs> we're like, nuts. We, we have no morality but we're not going to steal yeah, Mr. Rogers' car. Don't you dare car. disrespect the sweater vest. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, so. pre- I'm pretty sure wasn't he like a, like a Marine Corps sniper? Like I heard like this is what I heard that the reason that he wore the long sleeve sweaters all the time was because he was basically tatted up from his shoulder down to his wrist. Yeah, there's lots arms. of rumors circulating around yeah, that he was some sort of special ops military so guy. So him and Bob Ross were just killing it in the military yes yeah we have one child ross in the military yeah he was uh some kind of navy officer or something like that you're kidding me right Mm -mm. the guy that paints the happy trees i heard it just the other day i don't know i haven't researched this is what i heard mind blown we're gonna we're just gonna be be, just gonna be hammered for making all paulo's crap (laughs) oh yeah for sure (laughs) well yeah regardless regardless i think um yeah having this guy in my life it was it was cool yeah sweet yeah very helpful he was kind of the how it's made before the how it's made. You remember you used to visit all these places and say, this is how they make a harmonica. And well, I don't know. It was cool. It was just a cool show for kids. It explains yeah. your personality a lot. Yeah, and he had a stoplight in his living room. Come on, guys. Have I made the sell for Mr. Rogers yet? I, we were never off the train. I'm just feeling defensive because it, it doesn't feel very masculine that Mr. Rogers influenced <laughs> me as a child. I don't know why. All right, Chris, number three. Yeah. All right, so my, uh, my number three was uh, – Tony D'Amato, the coach from Any Given Sunday, and the re yeah the reason uh, reason for that yeah <laughs> the reason for that is because uh, at the very end of the movie, right before they're getting ready to play the last game, he has uh, he uh, it's this uh, it's the famous uh, locker room speech scene. It's the the game of inches is the name of the uh, is the name of the speech, and I've probably gone back on YouTube and watched that speech and listened to it. I I don't know hundred times maybe. Is anything and, like the Varsity Blues coach? No, much better. <laughs> so much better. Um, but uh, he, uh, it was really, it was just that scene because, uh, I mean, he talks about how uh, um, football and life, they're both, uh, they're both games of inches. And, uh, you know, like he talks about, you know, if you're a half step too early or too late, you don't, uh, you might not, uh, you might not catch it or you might not make it, whatever. And he talks about uh, how he's, basically made a mess of his life and uh, lost all his money and all this kind of stuff but the thing that keeps him going is just that he is a he's a fighter and it's like one of my favorite lines in that speech is he's like if i'm gonna have any life left in me it's because i'm willing to fight and die for every inch so and you're so, watching this movie while you're still in your football career, like right there. Congruent. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Actually, I saw it. Uh, I saw it in eighth grade. Me and uh, me and a buddy, we bought like tickets to some PG movie, and then we snuck into <laughs> well done in Sunday. Well done. It was awesome. All right, so we're going to give Hunter an opportunity to step out of Geekville, but I'm not sure if it's going to happen. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm 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 stepping out hard with this one. Number two, Will Smith from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I love that show growing up. I watched it oh, over and over and over again. Uh, Will, he was cool. He was talented. He was an incredible singer. He was an incredible dancer. He was funny. He was always getting into trouble, but you know, they everybody loved him, so he always got out of it. He always wiggled his way out of trouble. And he was just he was just a cool guy. He was the type of person that you would want to be. Uh, one of my favorite scenes from that show ever was when Will goes to some pool hall and he starts... Yes. Do you remember this one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He starts, he starts hustling getting, that yeah. dude. Well, he gets hustled by this guy and so he calls up uh, Uncle Phil and Uncle <laughs> Phil shows up and Uncle Phil is like p- playing pool and like hitting it with the wrong hand and, the, and he's like, all right, I'll play you for his money back. And then the 
the guy's like, oh man, I'm about you know I'm about to win some money, and then he, what he was goes, the name of his stick? Yes, what I'm, was the no, name? No, do you know it? No, I don't. Oh know. man, I don't. Break know out it. Lucille. Lucille. Yes. Lucille. Lucille. That was it. Shameless <laughs> BB <laughs> King reference. Yeah. Jeffrey, break out Lucille. Pulls it out of his pants. Just whips that dude. Oh man, I love that episode. But Will, he was he was just a really cool, really cool dude that I really looked up to. He was the type of person I I thought I wanted to be. So. Will Smith, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, number two. Sense of humor. I look, that was strong. Way to recover. Yeah, great. All right, so for my number two, Danny Tanner from Full House. <laughs> nice, nice. I feel like I have different a different meaning of inspirational. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, my number two, actually, I, I didn't think inspirational. It inspir- inspired me in a different way, but it's Jim Halpert from The Office. This is when I was in high school, mm-hmm. so it still counts. But nothing changed my sense of humor like Jim Halpert from The Office did. Just completely wrecked my world. Greatest, greatest character. Not the greatest character of all time, but in terms of a comedy character, hard to beat. Yeah, he nailed That's it. a really good choice, actually. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. He was a writer, actually, before he was uh, in front of he the He was camera. an English teacher. Yeah, yeah, really? so yeah, strong, strong there. Okay, so I'm, I'm actually going to hopefully recover from Mr. Rogers, <laughs> following Mr. Rogers with MacGyver. Oh, oh nice, MacGyver. Yeah. Hey, I remember why, and it wasn't just his hair, although it was beautiful. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, well. There you go. MacGyver was able to get out of any jam, you know, and no matter what was going on, he always had this kind of compass that was pointing north and he was going to do the right thing and even if there was like an explosion he was going to make sure that it wasn't taking any life or i don't know he just that guy was thinking and if i had a paper clip and a stick of gum and a shoelace then i could i could solve the world's problems i just he was a really inspirational character for me thinking i want to be able to perform under pressure it's kind of a big question i still have floating over my life at 38 but that guy was really putting his finger on it, like can you be this kind of guy uh so yeah macgyver was a, a big influencer for me yeah that's a good answer all right so uh so my number two i had to really uh narrow this down because somebody uh like when i thought back like i th- thought about like movies that i could watch that would just make you uh, make you feel really good when you got done watching them i mean i started thinking about like pretty much every robin williams movie you know the guy had this except Dead Poet Society. Yeah, kind of well, well, like, feel good at the well end of that all one. of his all of his serious roles, you know, were just done so well. And he always had a knack for just having like the one scene in every movie that, like, you get done watching, you're like, man, that was awesome, that was deep. And so, but I narrowed it down to uh, to Sean McGuire, his character in Goodwill Hunting. And I think you probably know the uh, the scene I'm talking about. He's talking to a, talking to Will out on the bench in mm-hmm. front of the uh, yeah. in front of the school, and he's you know going into you know, showing Will this different perspective on things like poetry and love and war and all these kinds of things. You know, he tells him, you know, you can probably quote me all these things from a World War II book, but you've probably never, uh, never held, uh, held your friend in, uh, in your lap while he uh, gasped at his last breath, asking you to help him and stuff like that. So uh, that's another, another scene that I YouTube quite frequently because it's so good. That's, so there's my number two. I love that movie. That I I could watch that every time it comes on TV. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Great yeah. movie. It makes me tear up every time too. All right, number one. Scratch that from the record. Yeah, we can. Delete that. <laughs> Mr. Rogers, we got Hunter crying. What's going on here? <laughs> we can edit that out. <laughs> we. Number one. What was that? Number one. Oh, I number said one. we. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my turn. All right. Chase will edit that out. Number one is Zach Morris. From Saved by the Bell. What the heck? Zach, every Saturday oh morning, gosh. every Saturday morning, I was watching uh, Saved by the Bell on TV. Every Saturday yeah. morning, I saw every single episode. I even saw every episode of the college years. I probably saw every episode four or five times. Love that show. Love that show. And as I was growing up, Zach, he was he was kind of similar to Will, but he was he's a troublemaker. But everybody loved him. He was always getting out of trouble. He was funny. He was popular. And when you're growing up and you're you're in elementary school, junior high, like being popular is everything. And he was just like the cool kid that you looked up to. He had the best looking girl uh, that that wanted the best looking girlfriend. Uh, girls loved him. So Zach Morris, he was definitely a guy that I I looked up to growing up that I wanted to be like. So. Uh, Zach Morris, number one. So you're a combination of might be the complete opposite of Zach Morris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine too. Yeah. So Hunter is a combination of uh, an obscure, not obscure, a, an author that changes changes the name, and the Fresh Prince and Zach Morris. This hey, is that's just a fantastic. Pretty awesome dude, man. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a perfect trio. You man. were just a blender of that trio. That's amazing. All the psychiatrists listening to us right now have us pegged. <laughs> yeah, they, they got it figured out. All right, Chase, roll out your number one. 
All right, so Ben, I know you know this about me. I don't know about Chris and Hunter, but I am a huge, huge movie fan, like almost to a fault at this point in my life, but it's who I am. And I can point back to one specific movie that just kicked off my love for movies, and that was The Dark Knight. It just mm-hmm. it changed me in eighth grade. And the character that did it was the Joker. So Heath Ledger's Joker oh, is yeah. absolutely my number one most inspirational character. In my yeah, life. we actually got almost got in a fist fight the other day when I told you I've never I've never seen it. Yeah. You've never seen it? I've never seen right? it. Oh, That's the probably one of the probably one of the best performances ever. That really seen. Incredible. just the tragedy yeah. that surrounded that role. I just couldn't. You could, you could argue that it killed him. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, like really I don't could. know, man. I don't know if I want to watch a guy's demise. You know, but I'm I'm committing just your heartfelt plea. I'm committing to to check it out. Yeah, so that and Harry Styles is what you need to check out. <laughs> what a combo. <laughs> All right, this is going to show my age for my number one. You guys probably don't even know who this is, but uh, Augustus McCray from Lonesome Dove. Oh, man, dude. Sweet. Yes. Robert Duvall, man. If I, like, it is on my bucket list to shake that guy's hand. Uh, you got and a limit. I know. Robert Duvall is awesome. You better make it happen. But, man, just the way he was able to take on Woodrow and just his, his command with the women – you know, splitting the deck of cards and asking for a poke and just being confident about it and then taking on this other guy and speaking the truth to people and just displaying that strength. But mainly the fact that he was able to speak the truth for me, like I, I struggle doing that sometimes. And he just, bam, he would just call it, you know, plus you got that Western element. Is this from the book or the, the show? Yeah, the miniseries. Yeah, the miniseries. You never read the book? No, I haven't. Oh, I haven't. you need to read the book, man. The book's book, better? Oh, the book is way better. Uh, I know two different people that are named after him, Augustus. And uh, are you serious? Yes, two different people. Uh, and then also, that's probably one of my dad's favorite characters ever. But I read the book, man. I couldn't put it down. I actually got my ex roommate who did not read at all to read Lonesome Dove, and he could not stop reading it. So I highly recommend reading the book if you've never read it. And Amazon. Here I agree. I come. He's. If I had read it when I was younger, he would have been one of them because he is just an awesome, awesome character. The only thing I took away from that is that Hunter knows two people named Augustus. No, never uh, one of them's anyone. named uh, McCray, and one of them's named uh, Gus. Gus. Oh, McCray, so okay, McCray, that's McCray. A little fair. Yeah, I know McCray. Wow. Yeah. So okay, so I finally had a good answer. Are we? Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Well done. Yes. Well done. All right, here we go. Number one. All right, so my number one is uh, the main character from one of my favorite movies of all time, regardless of uh, category. It's uh, Derek Vineyard from American History X. Oh man. A r- if you haven't seen it. A very rough movie, but one of my favorites of all time. And what? Uh, Who plays him? Oh God, uh, Edward Norton. Oh, that explains a lot. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh huh. He's the uh, he's the skinhead. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what? Uh, what I loved about it, I mean, like what I really took from uh, from his performance was just how much of a baggage that hate can be. It's like if you haven't seen the movie, he's a skin, he's a skinhead guy that's just filled with hate. Goes to uh, goes to prison. And gets out, and even though he has been rehabilitated, his uh, his hate and his actions and his rhetoric spilled over into his family. He gets out of jail, and now his uh, and now his little brother is in uh, is in a big mess and going down the same path. And so, even though he's re- rehabilitated, he's still having to atone for the sins of uh, the sins of his past. So it's a great uh, it's a just a great lesson, just uh, just against hate and um, and how. Uh, and how it can uh, how it can weigh you down, and how it can just spread to other aspects of your life. So the stuff we mentioned, I think it would be it would be cool if we could drop this stuff in the show notes so people could just rip through and click those links and check these things out. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really intrigued by some of the stuff, and I'm I actually am going so I'm going to watch a movie and read a book based on these these top three. So yeah. this is really just kind of the last portion. Of what we want to do uh, each week, each episode, is talk about those weekly recommends, uh, things that the CrossFit coaches are diving into or suggest that we should check out. So you got to. I think Chris, you have one as well this week, right? I do. Yeah. So go for it. Uh, well, mine uh, doesn't have a whole lot to do with uh, with fitness, spiritual fitness, more than uh, more than anything. I've been getting into a lot of uh, uh, Christian apologetics recently, and uh, a guy that I've been listening to a lot is a guy named Ravi Zacharias, and uh, he uh, he has uh, an international uh, international mission. He's uh, he's got a, a school in Atlanta, it's the uh, Ravi Zacharias uh, Institute or something like that, and. Um, uh, all it takes is just you know, getting on YouTube and uh, searching his uh, searching his name, and you really can't find a can't find a bad video. He has just an incredible way of uh, 
of uh, articulating uh, articulating his points and just getting really really deep and I I love it. I've Anybody who can take a with yeah, belief system and defend it without being a total jerk over it. I mean, oh, just, yeah. he's able to stand behind his intelligence. I'm, I'm familiar with this guy you're talking about. You're right. I mean, anytime he stands behind a microphone and is addressing a group, like this guy knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think with the uh, proliferation of people who believe things and they have no idea why, he's kind of a breath of fresh air in, in yeah. that respect. So, yeah, so Ravi, it's uh, R-A-V-I, correct? Yes. Yeah, Ravi, so we can Google that. All right, Hunter, what do you got? Follow that, man. Yeah, so mine is a book, uh, Goosebumps. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Goosebumps, all of them. Read all of them. No, but uh, every quarter, uh, our trainers at uh, Cody read a book, and the the last one that I picked out was Ben Bergeron's book, Chasing Excellence. Uh, if you don't know who Ben Bergeron is, he's one of the most well-known CrossFit coaches, owner of CrossFit New England. Uh, Matt Fraser's coach, Katrin David's daughter, uh, Brooke Wells. But he is a... Uh, a very very cool guy he has done a lot of research on mindset stuff like that and he really talks about um how to live your best life not just be the best crossfitter but how to live your best life um best practices to do that so chasing excellence he gives a lot of really good examples walks through different ways that you can um you know just improve yourself so i highly recommend that book pretty easy read um it's a lot of the same stuff he says on his podcasts and videos, but uh, if you've never done uh, much listening to any Ben Bergeron or studying anything he says, I highly recommend that book. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we can we check need it out. A, yeah. I need to drop a one more thing. Um, also recommend signing up for the uh, Jared Enderton Olympic uh, weightlifting uh, seminar that we're going to be hosting at Coyote on uh, December 16th. It's going to be really, really awesome. Jared Enderton is an Olympic weightlifter. He's the head uh, Olympic weightlifting coach for CrossFit Invictus. He was also a, a regional competitor this past year. So if you have any, if you have interest in improving your weightlifting uh, knowledge and technique, go ahead and sign up for that. You can uh, just uh, Google him. It's a uh, EndertonStrength.com, I believe, is what it is. Something like that. Yeah, we uh, we have a link on our uh, on our social media. So if you need to go on there and check it out. Uh, make sure you do that. It's going to be awesome. And awesome. hopefully we'll get them on the show too. Yeah, yeah Hopefully a cool. future guest. So speaking great. of social media, what, what we would really love our listeners to do is take the time to rate the podcast, write a review. It would be really helpful. Our audience is growing. So you've taken Only our advice. Stars, yeah, you've taken our advice in those first episodes to do that for us. It would be one of the best ways you could help us get the message out so that more people could hear the things that are going on inside the fitness world from the Coyote perspective. So be sure and do that for us.